Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome along to episode 88 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast. Now, with the number 88 becomes, or there comes a special association. Do you know what that association is, Jonathan? We're not talking about Celtic. Oh yes, today's <laughs> this today's episode is a hoopy special, shall we say. Uh, not really, don't worry. Not a Celtic podcast. <laughs> I don't have a Rangers jersey over my shoulder this week. I do have my Mighty Ducks one instead, but... Uh, we will have a little uh, hoop-based quiz uh, later on, so stick around for that. It should be entertaining to see how well uh, John does there. <laughs> Not necessarily about football knowledge either, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, anyway, on this week's show, we're going to be discussing the new split system uh, for the lower leagues, League 1 and 2. We've not had a chance to discuss that yet. And how we think the teams are going to get on, who will be the winners and losers from that system. Uh, we're also debuting an all-new feature called Cage Match, which uh, John's been describing to me in great detail, so we'll see if we can uh, figure that out as we go, but it's based on uh, a cracking old Nike football advert, so we'll maybe get chatting about some of our favourite football adverts as well. Um, and th- apart from the quiz, we might get into some other Premiership action and things like that as well. But anyway, as usual, joining me this week is the most notorious Bruni in Scottish football. It is John Brown. Hello, John. Good evening, Paul. How are we? I'm great. How are you? You looking forward to our, our hoopy special this oh, week? Oh, well, can't wait. <laughs> I never knew this was a basketball podcast. Oh, well, oh, that would have been good. That would have been good. I've not gone that direction, but you'll you'll find out when we get there. Um, and myself, uh, Madman Menzies, as they call me, uh, Paul. So, <laughs> I'm making a new one up every week. It's going to be my new thing. Uh, anyway, let's uh, get straight on with the episode. Right, anyway, uh, first things first, was the NASCAR on this week, John? Uh, I'm going to say no, no new rain, del- rain delay, half past midnight, it did kick off, but then it was delayed, so <laughs> we'll see if... Uh, Martinsville, I don't, I don't know where Martinsville is in America, you know better than I. No, Martin doesn't talk to us anymore. Well, there you go, there you go, what, Martin O'Neill, Martin, famous footballing Martins. Um, but the Masters was rain delayed as well. Did you watch any of the golf at all? I've been flicking on and off, uh, to be fair. I think it's the first time in a long time that's had some kind of rain delay. Uh, thunderstorms yeah. in, in Georgia, which is um, not uncommon, I don't think, in that kind of neck of the woods. Very tropical, just north of Florida, isn't it? But uh, yeah. I'm hoping for Hideki. Again, when once people will be watching this episode, they'll know. So we won't we'll speculate know. too much. Where uh, our average football punditry uh, is ropey at the best of times. Anyway. Uh, I've got topic one down labelled as banana split question mark um, so do you want to describe what's going on with League 1 and 2 this season you might be more familiar with me being such a hearty Falkirkian fan Aye, this is the kind of, this is the, the problem I've got to be a Falkirk fan is I have to learn an entire new league system all over again new system um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this kind of follows on the back of obviously the Leagues 1 and 2 uh, being suspended from sort of January time uh, only recently coming back, so there was a bit of a stushy a wee bit between the SPFL and the clubs themselves as to what they wanted to have happen for the rest of the season, whether it was going to come back, um, and if it did come back, yeah, it was going to kind of look. So we now have found ourselves having a 22-game league season, so everybody's playing each other home and away once, and then at the end of that, uh, the leagues are getting split in half, and you'll play another four fixtures and as far as I'm aware, it's a kind of luck of the draw as to whether your next game's home or away against your your opponent in your split. 
So you should get in the Fed should have another home, two home games and two away games, uh, taking you up to a grand total of twenty-two uh, games in the league. So they played home and away. Are you saying, or is it just? Yeah. So you play home once and away. You can almost imagine that being your kind of regular season, and yeah. then you know, you'll go to a kind of split tournament. But again, you'll play one. You'll play each other once more. And I'll either be home or away. Okay, so it's like the SPFL system, it's but smaller. Exactly, yeah, it's a kind of mini version. I think it's a mix between trying to line up the lower leagues to the championship, particularly for the playoffs. And I imagine as well, it's kind of can't be more kind of revenue before the league ends, and and sort of time for for new season ticket renewals and stuff like that. It just times them over a wee bit. Well, I think this is very exciting. Um, I think one of the things that actually works quite well about Scottish football is the split in some circumstances I know that uh, a lot of the league is very much sealed up this season in terms of the Premiership you know uh, you know, St Johnson and Livingston are very much fighting out for 6th place anyone who's above the relegation zone and safe doesn't really care about where they finish in the bottom 6 um, but it, it keeps the competitive teams kind of playing each other the only tricky thing is because there's now five teams in the split is you're not going to get that final day of the season everyone playing at the same time and not really knowing and like someone will know what they have to do essentially on the, of the final yeah. day I think it works really well in the Scottish Premiership I think it's one of the few things that we do really really well um, I know it looks kind of bizarre to the outside world but it's actually really enjoyable it gives the kind of teams in the middle of the league during the I hate calling it the regular season, but that kind of usual period, they have a kind of fight for for who's going to finish top six, who gets the who gets to play the big teams, and at the same time, it makes the bottom of the league in particular really fantastic right up to the last game, uh, particularly this season. I mean, this is this could easily go down to the last five minutes of the season uh, between Kilmarnock County and Hamilton as your kind of bottom three, I think in that order as well. Um, so that, well, this is going to be fantastic, and it's. As much as no one's in the stadiums, I am really looking forward to this. Um, as, as a kind of neutral fan, um, out of those three, one come one up relegated, but that's a purely biased focus thing. So sorry about that. Well, but you saw that like in the match on uh, Saturday, with the the sort of two all draw was the impetus from both sides. So barnstorming game, it was actually really good to watch the highlights. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this is something that we'll see because most of the, like League 1 and League 2, aside from Queen's Park, who are kind of the outliers, it is looking very competitive for, you know, who's going to go up, who's going to go down. Absolutely. So that's cool. I I personally think that uh, they should, I would like them to see them double the points for these post-split fixtures and make them six-pointers because everything's out the window. Like, this is a 12-point fixture. It's like, wow, this is great. Anything can happen. And it would mean, like, someone wouldn't win the league as early, they wouldn't be relegated as quickly. Um, But football's very traditional in that sense in that I can't name you a league out there that doesn't give three points for a win and one point for a draw. I think they'll do it. It's it's universal. It might even be, like, the FIFA law. I'm never too sure, but Probably. Well, you know, if you ever want to make it more exciting, take Paul's idea of uh, doubling up the points to six. Um, so my first point here in terms of the the sort of splits in League 1 and League 2 is who will thrive and who will dive. So hopefully if I get up, I've, I've got the tables. We'll start with the top of League 1. Yeah, no, uh, there are a tricky one. There are still two fixtures to go. Um, so there could be a bit of chopping and changing here, but uh, Falkirk Cove, Partick Montrose, East Fife down to Airdrie on 23, possibly Peterhead on 20. Um, so we don't have the lists filled yet, but we can, I think, pretty confidently say, 
you know, Falkirk Cove Partick. Potentially Montrose as well. Yeah, I, I think, mean, a lot could happen. But uh, the way League One, you, as you look at the table, that top five and bottom five, I think that is actually how that league's going to finish. Um, pre-split. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falkirk in particular have two very tough games coming up away from home. One's away to Cove, which is a massive three-pointers. Um, in terms of sort of deciding who's going to win that league, and then their way to Peterhead as well. It's the kind of last two fixtures. Comfortably couldn't get any points out of that, given the way they've been kind of playing every now and again, uh, particularly um, in, in the kind of week there against the It was absolutely shocking. Uh, they played a little bit better against Clyde, but um, it's, it's kind of a squeaky bum time, really. Is. It's kind of getting a wee bit worrying. I mean, they are the only team here to have won three in their last five. But I think that's just a reflective of how competitive this league is. No one's really put a run together in quite some time. There's yeah. no one consistent in that league. Um, you look at Partick as well. Partick are so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, there were a couple of weeks ago, right, kind of, when the league's kind of stacked back again, you kind of looked at Partick and thought, you're not even going to make it in the top five. Uh, but they've, they've kind of pulled it together a wee bit. I think they should make it in. They should make the playoffs. But I don't think they'll necessarily challenge for the title uh, it's just it's so so tight with so few games to go and when you go to that kind of final four <laughs> you just it's anyone's guess I mean I wouldn't be putting any money on it that's for sure I think you, uh, you, I would agree with you in terms of probably finish as it is you know you'd see Falkirk going up and probably Cove and Partick battling it out for whoever would go on to play would, would currently be Morton but you know it could be our broth I think it's more than Could be. So I think Partick, uh, again, they've just not been strong enough and consistent no. enough. They do have a game in hand at the moment. They still would get up to Cove. And Cove kind of launched out the gates at the start of the season and then haven't really hit the same form since. Uh, it's really difficult to actually look at form over the season, especially with this kind of weird kind of break in between. Yeah. It's difficult to see who's actually managed to kind of keep a bit of momentum going through this. Um, it's very hard to tell what will actually happen when you get to a kind of playoff stage but would you really fancy any of that including Falkirk against our broth over two legs in that kind of environment in that kind of playoff scenario probably well, not. the only thing we have to go off is that uh, Falkirk did knock our broth out of the, the Scottish Cup recently uh, I don't think it was a particularly convincing performance uh, uh, from, from either, either way yeah, so I think you know everyone is very much on the the level for competing with Arbroath, but we've always oh this is the weird playoff, isn't it? Where Arbroath would actually drop into the the four of them. Yeah, so they? you're basically playing what would be fourth will play ninth in the championship. Yes, second yes. will play third. So you could conceivably end up with Falkirk versus Cove over two legs and Partick against Arbroath over two legs. And then those two would play each other over two legs. Then the winners of those ties, which is really tough. Like we'll see what happens. I think it's tough. Like. Yeah, I think our broth would probably beat a side like Montrose East Five or Airdrie mm-hmm. um, to go into the final. And you know, whoever went through Cove and Partick. I mean, if Cove got to the championship, it would be a sensational rise. Oh, definitely. Um, it's going under to some on. terrific management, if I do say so myself. All the fuels are getting that all about it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we'll wait and see. Uh, far, far, a bit of drift at the bottom with eleven. Yeah, they're doomed. Uh, but then Dumbarton and Clyde, sixteen points and seventeen points respectively. Who looks the worst out of those two for you? Well, what I've seen, Clyde were really abysmal against Falkirk on Saturday. 
Mm. Really, really poor. I mean, I'd be quite kind of concerned. They have Scottish Cup game as well, kind of thrown in the mix, which is an, an additional game that they probably don't want. They'll obviously mm. enjoy being in the Cup, but I think in terms of another game, they kind of try and get themselves through. Is, it's not ideal at all. Mm. I can't remember who they've got, to be honest. Um, but that's, that's tricky. All the knowledge here on the Super Manager Scottish Football Podcast. I try my best. <laughs> to be fair, you know that they're in the cup, so that's more than probably most people know. <laughs> um, yeah, Dumbarton, I remember the only time I really seen them was play against Aberdeen. They looked fine, which probably means they're abysmal. Um, so, yeah, we'll wait and see. It'd be a shame for them to go down at League Two. That'd be quite a fall for them, having been consistent championship performers in recent years, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, if I skip to my League Two table, they, oh gosh, Queen's Park, who are uh, unbeaten this season, they've drawn two games. Um, so that looks fairly dead set. That really annoys me because that's basically SFA money that's pumping them through. Aye, it's a championship squad. Aye. Well, it's a very poor uh, championship squad, I'll put that on the record. But uh, nevertheless, there's a lot of players in there that should be playing at a higher level. There's a lot. I think there's a lot of people hanging on to make their careers look good right now in what is probably terrifically easy. Um, so, that's it. I think that's why that Hibernian lady's gone there because it's a slam dunk. Oh, um, as far as you can at the moment. But Edinburgh City, still like Albion, Elgin, 29, 29, 28 points. So, uh, all to play for between those three sides. Edinburgh City very much in form. I think Gary Naismith was manager of the month last month in League Two. Yeah. Uh, but uh, David McCracken and Lee Miller were last month's League One managers of the month. So there's not much we could really read into that. No, I wouldn't take too much out of that. <laughs> So best of the rest. So it is. It's nice and competitive there. The fact that they will all play each other, they'll probably be hoping and praying that Stranraer don't finish fifth, but it looks like they probably will. Um, so they'll throw a spanner into the mix, especially a Stranraer Elgin swap fixture. It's going to be a long journey for someone. So have a good time there, lads. Yeah, uh, I know that's the highest Stirling Albion have been in quite some time. Um, It'd be good to see them in League One, but same with Edinburgh City. You know, two clubs with potentially quite large fan bases. Yeah, no, um, they are moving back to Meadowbank as well next next season. Really? Yeah, I was reading a lot oh. about that. So that's that's the, quite smart. I mean, to be fair, the Meadowbank of old doesn't exist, which I was really disappointed when I seen I've seen yeah in our uh, renders of the new stadium, and I still got the same feels to it. Like, do they do like they rebrand, John? Do they go with the Meadowbank Thistle? Nah, you have to stay as Edinburgh City. I think, as a, even just as a kind of, this is terrible, but a kind of touristy vibe for Edinburgh City, yeah. I think that's it's, it's pretty much on point because it's not too far away because you could kind of walk across Carlton Hill almost kind of to Middlebank. Yeah. Um, I think you're, you're onto something there. Like, I think that's really cool, actually, because it was always really weird turning up. Is the Ainsley Park they play at? Yeah, Spartans of a ground shooting. Well, that's the thing. It was like... Park. <laughs> It was great, but like it was embroidered with Spartans left, right, and centre, and you know they very much felt like it, it kind of wasn't their own. So it's cool that they're doing that. The logo's really cool. Don't know how many kits they actually sell on the back of tourism. You'd have to be uh, looking pretty hard, but you know there's some hardcore football tourists out there, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh, disappointed with Stennis Muir this season in sixth, nineteenth, just another pretty meh season. Has a bit. Uh, moved on some of their sort of more experienced players in the summer and then some out on loan for the sort of pushes that teams in the upper leagues are having. So they're very much kind of spinning their wheels. But good strategic partnership with Hibernian. Uh, I think young lad at the weekend scored uh, from Hibernian. So 
hopefully that bears fruit in the future but then we go down to the doldrums of Scottish football the teams that you do not want to play starting with Albion Rovers um, Cowden Beath and an athletic to be fair um, and Beacon City the darlings of Scottish football oh, as God. I said last week yes I actually um, not, not the right kind of word for that <laughs> Well, they're the they're the people we don't want to see go. Um, but come on, like Cowden Beath have been like bottom of the league year after year after year, dragged themselves up and up and up. Uh, I would have I would have preferred to see them go, but uh, likelihoods I was explaining to you earlier, Brecon City because Broader Rangers and Kelty Hearts have played so few games, the SPFL are currently unsure as to whether they meet the criteria uh, for membership of their leagues. So. The pyramid and the pyramid playoff tends to be a bit of a farce in one form yeah, or another. This is this joke that the Highland and Lonely don't fall under SPFL kind of rules. It's all under the SFA, so it's a completely different um, sort of kind of a tournament, I suppose. And similarly with the that playoff game, is an S, it's either an SPF, it's an SPFL ran tournament. So basically, the Highland and Lowland League team are invited to play. It's, it's a formality they accept. Yes. The, the SPFL are well within their kind of the rights of their their kind of document to say no, we're not bothered about it. Yes. And that's a joke. I mean, how, how on earth can you turn into two? They're, they're legitimate winners. I mean, I know they've only played a couple of games, but well, Broder played three games. I'm sure they played them last season, like both yeah, of the respective leagues. So yeah, you know, this is a joke. For to have it happen two seasons going is unacceptable. But did Brecon finish last last season? They did comfortably. Like, they did. Okay. Oh, well, that, that I think puts more merit to your point of it being totally unfair. But we are well aware of the SPFL organisation and their uh, intentions. So there's every chance that oh, this gets kiboshed. And as I say, Brecon are darlings of Scottish football. All the League Two press releases will have a picture of Glebe Park on them, for example. Um, I can't believe Aaron have done so badly this season. It's a, it's a shame. Uh, you must have been had a poor season behind Cowden Beath and Albion Rovers, who just yeah. lose every week, as far as I know. Never ideal. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Breaking very much adrift on five, so the bottom the bottom five playoffs here would be a pretty dreak affair. Yeah, um, the lead two against one of these kind of ones. It's, uh, as it sits just now, is probably how it's going to finish. I think we'll be how it's finished. I would be quite kind of confident saying that. Definitely. I do think the playoffs will be interesting. It's a shame because that's always the sort of thing at the end of the year I do look to go to a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like myself and Darren went to Stirling Albion against Peter Head and then we went to Stennis Muir versus Anna Athletic. Uh, pretty, pretty decent games because there were some to them. They're kind of starting at the summer. Um, so, you know, you don't have to be wearing your, your Anorak. Um but it's not going to be the same, like streaming and things like that. And the only one we'll really see is the Premiership playoff. Uh, but I suppose we should mention as well in the Championship, uh, the league was league was won at the weekend, was it? Uh, well, I'm not too sure. I mean, it's been so quiet. <laughs> nobody cares. And literally, it was Joe, ironically. Like, uh, the game, nobody cares. Even Hearts fans cares. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, it was supposed to be live on the BBC. Mm. And uh, the untimely death of His Royal Highness, the, the Duke of Edinburgh, kind of kiboshed that, uh, strangely enough. Although, I don't, I don't think it took up any broadcasting time because it was on BBC Scotland. 
It was supposed to be the game was supposed to be BBC Scotland, as was the Scottish Cup Classics kind of show. Oh, they get bumped uh, as well. That itself was kind of watch. Which I was very disappointed that when I was eating my cocoa pops on uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, <laughs> what about technology noise? We talked about that last week too. Ah, that's a shame. It'll be on the iPlay or hopefully. It's I don't know. It, it, it just wasn't aired. Um, well, fun. Anyway, we won't <laughs> we, we won't debate that. But uh, I know a lot of Hearts fans were not displeased about not seeing the game, even though they actually went on to thump them six now. So that was awkward. But um, I did see a. a an ill-informed tweet, shall we say, from uh, an ill-informed Jambo was saying that uh, in 10 days at Hearts, uh, Shea Logan's won the same amount of trophies as he did at Aberdeen. Now, this was a big mistake because the I was actually quite impressed because I don't really see a lot of Aberdeen fans on social media, but there was a barrage of responses. Can you imagine to the tune of what they said, John? All sorts of unrepeatable... It was basically along the lines of, um, well, you know, he played more games in the Diddy League than Aberdeen have in 110 years. So, uh, just ironically, we did our trophy quiz last week, um, specifying only major trophies. The championship does not count not as a major, major trophy. trophy. No. Uh, so that was that was roundly put to bed quite happily. But uh, yeah, we'll see how they do next season. Do you think? You think they sack Robbie Nielsen sometime <laughs> in twenty twenty two? If Nielsen's going to sense, he would just resign. I mean, he's that's him now won the league twice with them. Mm. The knives are out. I think he's got a, it's too much an uphill battle. Maybe so. Fair enough. Get him to the end of the season, enjoy it, and then that's it. Just kind of walk away and let us get another manager in. I think the is Anbudge. I don't think she's quite stepping aside yet, but it's kind of on its way. So more yeah. and more shares are getting, are getting handed over to the foundation. So, you know, I think if, if Nielsen's going to sense, he'll walk away. His head can be held reasonably high when he has done the job he was hired to do. wasn't pretty, mm-hmm. but he has managed it. And, and, and let, let them start afresh in the Premiership and see what happens. Good show. Uh, I know that a lot of people are calling for David McCracken and Lee Miller's head currently as well, which I think is a bit hard to justify. Gary Holt waiting in the wings. Um what do you think that squad will have to do to go into... Joe, you know I, I suppose that's something we'll cover in our end-of-season review. Oh, we love a Falkirk end-of-season review, isn't we? <laughs> we love a Falkirk end-of-season review. Um, <laughs> we make friends, we make enemies. <laughs> but uh, we'll need to get uh, Andrew on for that as well because he's been watching a few of the broadcasted games I know you have yourself. So we'll save that for them. Uh, but anyway, good chat, John. And now I think it's time for c- 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 cage match so do you want to describe do you want to explain the premise of this for us yeah so this all going goes back to the glorious glorious adverts <laughs> that nike used to put together and kind of still did um until kind of fairly recently um kind of basically selling their, their football brand and this one in particular i think I, i'm not too sure if the kind of exact year it was kind of came out but the the premise was they are on a ship weirdly uh, Eric Cantona That's is the SHIP kind of... listeners. Yep. <laughs> I'm saying nothing now. <laughs> I'm not getting bleeped. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there was two, there was two bombs last week that I had to leave, so just just keep it in check. <laughs> what can I say? Um, no, they're, they're all based on a ship. Uh, Eric Cantona is the kind of referee, stroke, kind of line teamer type, kind of weird guy standing on the top, dropping the ball in. 
really weird. Um, but the premise is, if you've never seen that advert, is it's kind of three icons against three icons. Uh, one goal's the winner. And it these kind of really, really tiny goals. Um, it's just fantastic. Proper kind of cage match. It's almost like fives on steroids, but only three players. Um, so what I thought would be quite a kind of reasonable idea for us, uh, it gives us something to kind of talk about over the next couple of weeks, is to come up with teams at random-ish. Uh, I'm going to ask Paul to uh, pick numbers between one and eight, as you would in the playground. Uh, we'll put eight teams together, and over the next kind of couple of weeks, we will pitch two of them together, and we'll have a kind of knockout tournament until uh, we get a kind of winner, uh, and we'll see how it goes. This could either end up really well or really badly, and I'm absolutely up to high dough about it, so we'll see how it goes. Oh, yeah. Ho- hopefully you followed that, listeners. It's taken me a few listens, but we'll see how we go. Uh, so is the gist of it this week that we're going to, what, draft? Well, we'll draft the teams. Uh, we'll get the get teams together. Teams. Um, right, okay. Uh, so I have to pick, so there are numbers between one and eight here. Yes, you know? so what will happen is there is a, there'll be one defender, one midfielder, and one attacker per team. Okay. So I just need to basically kind of have you to say, give me kind of a list of numbers between one and eight in a random order, and I'll put them into the teams. And then we can do that for defenders, midfielders, and attackers. And then I will disclose those teams <laughs> uh, once we've got them all in order. Okay. So I, I can, for example, just say team 111 and 222 and 333 and 444. Well, you could if you want, but I mean, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that ru- ruins the process that you've put together. No, it, right. it, um, well, how am I supposed to keep track of who I've picked I've been each one? Well, Martin, don't worry, right, don't hold on. Okay, so team team one, team right? One, right. So I I'm not going to lie, John. I might expedite some of this out of the episode. Yes, because please. it's just it's just me saying numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this this may or may not make it into the final cut. Stay tuned for the extended edition this week if you do want to hear which numbers correspond to which players. Uh, so if we go for team one, it's going to be one. Two, three. Right. Team two is going to be four, five, six. Hold on. How, how does this work? Ah, I see your plan here. I'll tell you what. Do I just run it like that? I could make that work. You could make that work. Do you want to yeah. just tell me the teams right. and then we'll. <laughs> We'll discuss because this is going to be random anyway to me, unless you've like picked by nation. I don't know, or it's alphabetically sorted or whatever. Uh, Well, I kind of did it in like, this is almost ultimate team kind of rules and and their kind of ratings. Uh, Ah. I don't particularly play that anymore. Um, But this could be very interesting. Uh, Let me tell you what, let's let's talk about how you, what's your other kind of favourite kind of footballing adverts? I'll write all this down. <laughs> okay, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna chop this into yeah. some sort of. Uh, so while whilst John organises the teams, uh, I'm going to talk about some of my favourite footballing adverts. So there are a, a few uh, different ones. The the one I kind of mentioned. It was. It was still on actually one of the Scottish commentators' uh, Twitter that he is in this advert. Paul, is it Paul something? I used to come to it in the Aberdeen games in the cup finals. It's like, you would know him to hear him. Do you know who I'm talking about, John? Yeah, I know the guy you're talking about. Um, yeah. I can't remember his second name either. It took a long time for me to watch this advert and actually realise that's who he was. Okay. But uh, no, he was in the advert. And basically the idea was that you're out having a kickabout 
uh, on the football park we are pals and then each of them were pretending to be different people so like Ronaldo rocks up Rooney rocks up uh, I think like Eto'o and I don't th- yeah Messi wasn't a Nike athlete so that he wasn't there but like Ibrahimovic was in it David Luiz is in it doing a wee comic act the like tune in it is amazing uh, but the kids basically run around and there's like uh, they score the goals at the Bernabeu and stuff like that absolutely amazing similarly there's that one where the guy becomes an Arsenal player so it's like first person view of all the training and the the overriding memory from that one is he's kind of sick of his trainers um, Ooh, yeah, uh, but again super cool music again he scores some amazing goals and like high fives who would the Arsenal striker have been at the time like Eduardo but they play in the Champions League it's kind of like what goal should have been um, and it's third iteration uh, I believe now available on Amazon Prime don't watch it it's abysmal Um so that was a really, really cool one. John obviously mentioned the kind of cage match where they faced off against each other. I know a lot of people have a soft spot for the big cartoon that Nike did for the World Cup. Yeah, that the Brazil one. I think so. Nah, yeah, they're all superheroes. They all have extended limbs. It's kind of like Space Jam, but for football. Interesting to see that Space Jam is coming back. Have you yeah. seen the advert for Space Jam? It looks pretty crazy. <laughs> I was working on the topic of like, who paying subjects anyway. That's fine. that's a kind of good. Well, yeah, that, that works. Yeah, it looks atrocious. I think it, it's not cartoon. It's just it's CGI. It, it's rubbish. It, yeah, happened? there's a there's a 3D model appearance to it. So instead of the the Looney Tune style, it, it is CGI animation. Um, but they kind of real, it's different. It's I thought they would just run with the same plot. It'd be slightly different, but it's it's different. Like they go into these different worlds and things like that, and he's so, trying to rescue a kid. We will see how much character Mister uh, James has to pull that off compared to Mister Jordan. But uh, yeah, so those are those are some of the coolest adverts I can think of. I don't think Nike don't really do them anymore, but Adidas and Puma and stuff have I've never really put the same sort of effort into their marketing. But no, not the same. Nike's adverts are some of them have been iconic. I mean, the Yoga TV with. Um, Ronaldinho Ronaldinho yeah. yeah some absolutely fantastic adverts here. I think it was like that kind of Brazil squad um, must have been kind of between 2002 and 2006 some absolute icons in that team yeah, they were fantastic as well yeah so uh, do you have two different teams for, or four different teams together now for us to discuss I've, I've got more teams um, okay now no doubt John's going to put together a bracket graphic to show you who's yep. playing who uh, uh, all the teams I'll, I'll make names for the teams just to kind of make up for the absolute shambles that it turned out to be um, <laughs> well no, nonetheless it was a, it's a good idea um, so if you check our Sofa Manager Instagram if you check uh, sofamanager.co.uk uh, the slightly rebranded uh, website I'm sure all that information will be there so first up uh, team one versus team two absolutely I'm not going to muck about with that <laughs> <laughs> Okay, who who's uh, am I team one or am I team two? So you can take a pick. So team one will be the defenders Van Dyke, the midfielder is Modric, and the attacker is Neymar. Mm, right, so okay. That's your, you know, that's your uh, trio there. P. Uh, yep. They'll be going up against um, Marcelo as a defender, Paul yep. Pogba, and Eden Hazard. Okay, I take I take team one here then all day long. <laughs> all day Both long. Team. That's Jones' team. Fair enough. Uh, then it would be Team 3 versus Team 4. Um, so Team 3 is David Luiz. Yeah. This is one of these kind of weird ones where he's not a good defender, but it would be standard on the on the 5 or side pitch. 
um, Saint Maximan, who is just the best player of all time. Are you joking? If you put, he is outstanding. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he's just the best player in the Premier League just now. Okay, like John. Four. And uh, I saw someone tweet at him that he wouldn't even make the bench at Everton. Robin. <laughs> So we told him a new one twice this season. Nah, wait, that's nonsense. Okay. The striker on that team as well is uh, Erling Haaland. Um, so that should be quite, quite an interesting one. Right. Uh, they going up against a slightly more kind of experienced team. Actual well-known people. <laughs> Sergio Ramos, uh, Marco Verratti and Lewandowski. Mm, well, I picked team four there. Fair enough. I think I get my Sam Maximan, that's okay. Yeah, I figured. Right, shall we shall we debate our two fixtures and then go over the rest next week? Uh, if you want, or we can just do the teams just now and then we can sort of have the debates next week when we've done actual research and know who these boys have been up to. <laughs> so, <laughs> are we... Uh, right, okay. Um, okay, well, who are, the, who are the next two teams then? Well, Team 5, you've got... Um, Bruno Fernandes, midfielder, Antoine Griezmann, and it will be Andy Robertson as the defender for that team. Right. Um, you've got um, Bernardo Silva, Hatem Ben Arfa, and Ibrahimovic, team six. Hatem Ben Arfa? Yes. I know, <laughs> How like, did you... Absolute, absolute techers on that, Ian. I'm, I'm going to have to go team five there, then, because you clearly have an agenda with Hatem Ben Arfa. Oh, God, <laughs> uh, Seven, Zalaba, De Bruyne, and Salah. Uh, teammates Jordi Alba, Homing Song, and Kylian Mbappe. Oh, I'll t- I'll take. Uh, what what was the f- is that team? So we've done one, two, three, four, five, and six, and this is seven and eight. Yes. Okay, so I'll take team eight then. Ooh. It's gonna be fun. Okay, I think this should lead us quite uh, well into sort of international and Euros coverage and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so you don't want to argue the first couple of fixtures this week, no? No, nah, we'll do that next week. We'll get that all sorted. Great. Well, thank you listeners for bearing through hearing a list of famous footballing names um, and who we're siding with and John's blatant obsession with Newcastle United. Um, which in no way uh, biases the coverage. Anyway, shall, shall we move on to my feature then? Let's do it. So, this is literally what I've got written on my page. It is the super duper Hula Hooper Quiz. Hey. Cue the music. Da, 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 da. Love, love a bit of trumpets. Uh, so, this quiz this week is based around uh, the hoops, of course. 88 episode this week. So, do you know what uh, player this... Actually, no. No, I'm not even going to tell you what player this was predominantly going to be about. I'm going to leave you to try and hopefully figure it out. So, you, John, are going to have 88 seconds to answer questions on all things hoop-related. Okay. okay. Every time you get a question right, I'm going to give you 11 points for no other reason. And the aim of the game is to reach 88 points by the end of the quiz. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Okay. Let me find my clock app so I can start my timer. If you think you know your answer before the end, 
Uh, you can shout at me, and then we can move on to the next one. It's much like the sort of quick quizzes they do on the radio and things like that, okay? Make sense? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Gary Hooper wore which number for Celtic? 88. Correct. Uh, he now plays for Indian Super League team Kerala Watt. It is named after a super, uh, or it's named after a Star Wars weapon. Lightsaber. No, the blasters. Oh. <laughs> Lightsaber. <laughs> okay, good guess. Uh, how many calories can a man burn in half an hour of hula hooping? Is it 200, 500, or 1,000? Uh, 200. Correct. Uh, what year were hula hoops first produced? 1966, 1973, or 1988? Uh, 73. Correct. Uh, Gary Hooper was how many goals short of 88 at Celtic? 2, 4, or 6? 6. Correct. How do you do that? Hula hoops are also sold in the nation of Hooper's last club. Uh, name the nation that club was in. Is it South Africa, Australia, or New Zealand? Uh, Australia. Wrong. Uh, New Zealand was the answer. Don't sell them in Australia, apparently. Uh, how many hoops are on this season's Celtic top? Including the green, green and white. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, what, one, one green hoop, that's 16 seconds. No, eight <laughs> on the top. I didn't count any of the socks. I should have clarified. Uh, who wears the number eight for Celtic? Oh, Brown. Correct. Uh, what was the record for longest hula hooping session in hours? Um, 36. 100. Correct. Celtic won the Champions League in what year? 1967. Uh, Gary Hooper sounds like what Swedish band's song? Super Trooper. Correct. Hey, that's time ish. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, that looks, I think I might have been a bit generous. So, listeners, don't go back and actually type that for 88 seconds. But we'll presume we were roughly in time. Yeah, close enough. But... Yeah, so you got Gary Hooper was 88. One, so that's 11. 22, 33, 44, 55. You didn't get New Zealand. You didn't get how many hoops on this season topic. You didn't get uh, the number of hours. Uh, 66, 77. So, seven correct answers. You're 11 short. Oh. Um, one point or one title <laughs> short of the full house um, of the 88 uh, so there we go that was that was a super duper hula hooper quiz how did how did you feel you did there John actually not too bad you did sensationally well considering you actually got like the actual like hula hoop snack questions correct nice. like 1973 boom easy uh, you got how many goals Gary Hooper was short of 88 as well um, yeah, he now plays in India with the Kerala Blasters. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't have known that either after looking up some information today. 100 hours for longest hula hooping session. I don't know how that worked. No, uh, there's a lot of... Um, even with a kind of nappy, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I know. Some Chinese women. I think <laughs> I there must have been stipulations as to um, breaks, breaks and things like that. Yeah. What yeah, counts as so, a revolution? Yes, I couldn't, couldn't quite remember that out, but uh, yeah. Do you remember much of Gary Hooper when he was in Scotland? <laughs> After a bit, I mean, he must have played, he played a fair few Champions League games. Um, some pretty big ones as well, if I remember right. I'm sure he was involved in the, would it been around for the kind of Milan kind of games in the last 16, the Gordon Strachan? Is that just I, before or after? I thought him. I thought he might have been. I think he was, but I couldn't find him actually scoring in any of those games. Um, he scored a few Open games, I, I do remember that. Um, mm. Him and Chris Collins, I think, must have been in the same team at the time. Um, good player, a good really team. good player. 
This thing, 32. So if they sign Edward in the summer, he's not quite finished. He scored heaps of goals for Celtic. Just loads. Mm. You know, to the fact that your total was, what, 82 goals. That's bonkers. Um, in, what, three or four a, seasons? Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't over a long period of time either. I mean, his, his goal-to-games ratio must be pretty impressive. I know. Uh, but I believe scored against Sparta Prague in Celtic's first ever away Champions League win which was a confusing statistic, but I presume in the modern Champions League because they didn't go all the way to Lisbon without running away from home, presumably. I don't know that much about that. But. Uh, so yeah, the Rangers fans will have absolutely tuned out. Um, probably most people are going to tune out by now, let's Perhaps. Perhaps. In the, in the slightly truncated episode that we've got this week. So, uh, Last of all, we've got uh, some bits and bobs. Did you see sports scene last night, the stroke this morning with the Premiership highlights at all? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Celtic look different level than they, they have in quite some time. Look significantly better with having James Forrest back in the team again. You can kind of tell that. Really good. Certainly, Edward had something to kind of play off, which looked a lot better. Um, David Turnbull's coming into a game. I think if Christie continues to be a little bit anonymous, I'm sure. I think Turnbull might be kind of close to taking his place in that Scotland team. Mm. Close. I don't think it quite will, but you know the question is now being asked, mm. um, and I do think you have to kind of hold your hands up and say El Yunusi is probably better than what Celtic kind of reflect them to be at the moment. He's a far better player than that squad. He had a tremendous uh, game that game, and he's been fairly consistent all mm. season. I think he's not been particularly poor at all. I think personally, he's had a really good season. I don't think he's done his. If he goes back to Southampton, I think he's going to miss a shout again in that team. Quite honestly, he is Premier League kind of quality. Yeah, is it, it'd be nice if they could hold on to him, but you know, again, if you start playing well, your value goes through the roof. Yeah, especially if you're, a, if you're a goal scorer winger, you've, you know, you're sky's the limit. Mm. The thing is, like, uh, obviously the pressure of the league is off now, so do you think they, they can kind of play without that chip on their shoulder and maybe yeah. get back to what they're actually capable of? The proof will be in the pudding on Saturday, four o'clock. Potentially. Old, the old form game. Yeah, um, it's uh, think... an hour after a certain funeral, so we will see what happens with that. Oh, great. Oh, I was quite surprised. I, mean, I don't know if it's political correct or not, but there was a one minute silence across all games in, in Scotland. I wasn't too sure if that was going to happen or not, um, but there you go, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Celtics' improvement will all hinge on how well they perform against Rangers in the Fulham game in the Scottish Cup. That That's Define season defining uh, what kind of happens in that game because the winner of that pretty much wins the cup, you know. Like, I think it's their last chance to land a punch to make it sting, yeah. You know, they can kind of turn around and say, Well, we've won 14 out of 15 trophies over the last five seasons, you know. And you know, fair enough, you've won your Rangers have won their first trophy, that's that's all well and good, but over the longer piece, you know, we've absolutely dominated here. Yeah, I think it gives the fans a little bit more gravitas in a discussion uh, or a spirited discussion to say that, well, you won the league, we won the cup. Because the two are considered almost as equal, really, in terms of major trophies. The league will obviously... Well, you know, it depends <laughs> on who's talking to two. Who well. so, that season, right? Yeah, we'll see. They haven't really done that well in these big competitions, but, you know, it'll be John Kennedy's last hurrah. Um, you know, in terms of these types, I know that they will play each other again in the split. But you know, if you get some G'd up, if Forrest is firing on all cylinders, you know, if Elianus is playing well, you know, the defence has showed up a wee bit. Then hopefully we're in for a game. 
I hope so. I mean, Rangers are absolutely flying, so we're expecting something good. It never normally comes to fruition, but you know, so we'll see. I know. Did you, speaking of derbies, uh, did you tune into the, the El Clasico derby this week? Uh, on and off. I seem to kind of think I uh, was watching down in Abbey, but um, we'll, we'll skip over that. <laughs> oh dear. Kind of on and off. The weather was atrocious. Um, it's really still weird watching watching it behind closed doors uh, is a kind of weird thing to begin with. And then yeah. with Real Madrid playing in the Reserve Stadium, which is still bigger than most stadiums in Scotland. Really I was thinking that it's more impressive really, really than like most. Yeah, I actually don't know why more people haven't done it because it's like it's more convenient. Like you know, I know the backdrop adds something to it. Um, but yeah, it was pretty dull. I ended up. What did I end up watching? Dallas Stars were playing Florida Panthers in the ice hockey, which was like four one in the end. So I got to see more goals for once in my life. I actually got lucky with the. Uh, was there crowds in that as well? There was, yes. Yeah, I've been watching some of the baseball. Well, we're going off topic again, but the, there has been sort of, sort of small crowds being allowed back into a lot of the stadiums, which is very weird to kind of see on the screen again. I tell you what, I was watching the day was the the Houston Astros were playing the Cleveland A's, the Cleveland Athletics. Is that right? Uh, but some did never. It was actually quite good watching. They got two runs in the time I was watching. I was like, this must be lucky because the scores are never that high. Hmm. But uh, the funny thing I saw was one guy, uh, he'd kind of been a bit brave in between second and third base and they kind of caught the ball. So he ran back to go to, um, I oh, think, they- sorry, it was between first and second. Yeah, but between first and second base. So he ran back to first base, saw that they were going to throw it there and he turned around again to go back to second base and he was like in the middle and he was just like going backward and forward, backward uh, and forward. They can kind of catch the guy in between. I mean, basically um, at that point, they can try and basically kind of steal him out. Um, I think that they can actually like hit him with the ball, or like the the catcher has to actually touch him to like basically yeah. come out. So he just watched some kind of bounce between two guys just throwing to each other. <laughs> it was a wee comedy moment. Yeah, they they hadn't figured it anyway. He was, he nah, was gone, but it was funny for the moment to see him try um, in a sort of mouse wheel fashion. Um, other things I've got down here is just the phrase Mitchell Pinnock. Um, who I've never heard of before. Do you know who he is, John? Not a clue. Kilmarnock player. Uh, did you see the highlights of Kilmarnock against Ross County this weekend? I have, actually, yep. He, uh, speaking of the Neymar that we're going to talk about next week, had this sensational turn in the corner where he like runs it into the corner and like you know that thing where they like scoop it up, totally fool the defender to go down the the, I, 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 uh, the, I, I, the baseline. I have seen this. I didn't realize that was the guy's name. Uh, Glorious bit of play. And I was like, you are person of the week. For doing that, I think he scored as well. The biggest thing about Kilmarnock, moving over all ground again, but Kilmarnock do seem to have like quite good kind of attacking options. Um, with Kyle Lafferty and, and Chris Burke coming the sort of season of his life at the age of 37. Um, what a finish, by the way, he had oh, like on the sort of half volley. The two of them smashed him. Kyle Lafferty breaking Ian Viger's nose with looks of things as well, which was quite funny. <laughs> They didn't really go over that they, in the highlights. They over that pretty quickly. Um, I think that deserves yeah. a little more analysis. Ah, we know how biased uh, the BBC are towards Ethan Rangers, aren't they? So probably gave them the benefit of the doubt there. Um, I did think, uh, I thought Gardine could have won it for them. He had a really good chance late on. And that would be a huge three points for either Ross County or Kilmarnock at that point. He'll be very disappointed. Uh, they didn't put that away but there was actually some nice play from Ross County a lot of good passing moves so 
I think John Hughes was saying after the game quite rightly that he's miffed not to go uh, away from there with the three points, but they did kind of match each other toe for toe for most of the game, it looked like. Uh, really tough to pick uh, who's going to struggle there because they both look like they have the desire. So, uh, I'm on for the drop for me. Doing injuries, form's not great. Like, I thought uh, they're running too tough. And their highlights, again, I thought they played well, but they just seemed to shoot themselves in the foot. They just didn't finish some really, really good chances they'd put together. Uh, you could tell that wasn't a great game because it's still, like, every other kind of highlight was almost straight into the action. This yeah. one was a good solid 10, 15 seconds at the start just showed them sort of coming in and sort of moments of silence and then into the game. You're like, mm, somebody was struggling here. <laughs> I, I thought they played some pretty good foot. I'm trying to think. They really hammered the keeper for the goal. I didn't think uh, um, I don't think he did that badly. I, I see as long as you've cleared it to the centre circle, you know, the, the defence should have something to do with that. But a great finish from Dundee United. And yeah, I think that very much puts Hamilton to the sword. And Brian Rice will be the man to take them down uh, for the first time in like 11 years, 10 years. It's been a while. I mean, it was it was Hibs relegated in the playoffs. I think it was uh, only one or two teams actually kind of come up through the the playoff system. Yeah, do you know who the other one is? Uh, Motherwell. Nope. No. Uh, no. Not a Bernian. Because they won the league. Hearts. Uh, Ross County. Mm, no, not Ross County. St Mirren. No, they won the league. Are they currently in the league? Yes, they're doing quite well actually. Livingston, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they beat Partick Thistle, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry. I should have done that. I remember I was at a different I, was, I think I was at the Stereo Spear game that Aye, because it was Lee Miller that did that essentially, wasn't it? Aye, who was actually playing. Um Good times. Um who does we have? Who are Motherwell playing? Uh, St Mirren. Yeah, I think that all kind of guarantees both of their safeties, really. I think St Mirren were already safe, Motherwell for them, that's it. It's all sorted. Um, they've kind of, Graham Alexander's got a couple of games just to kind of start figuring out what he's going to do with that squad. Um, I think they'll be they'll be really disappointed. But what are you saying, Zori? I think they need a bit of fucking overhaul, not a huge... I think he's kind of got bits in place, but I think he needs a summer to actually look at that squad properly. Do you, know how I, do. do you know how I actually th- thought looked absolutely honking at the weekend there? Stephen O'Donnell. The right back. Like, aye, he's probably aye. fallen to that kind of... It's not the right thing to say, he'd probably fallen to that kind of level. I think if you put him back in a better team, maybe he'll raise his game. But he's, he's kind of plateaued back to, to that kind of level, which isn't quite right. It's crazy to think that on the opposite side, he or he's going to a tournament this summer. In theory. Eventually, yeah, I mean, it'll be him or Sean, really. Well, he, he had an absolutely abysmal challenge which gave away the penalty. And then they, they should have had it. was a stone wall handball. Did you see it? Aye, oh, that was every day of the week. Um, Maybe the referee didn't have a good view. It was right. Yeah, like, perfect view. Uh, well, it's nice not to see the VAR step in. And most of these situations worked themselves out-ish. Because uh, St. Mirren did get a penalty and uh, apparently a four-year-old tried to strike it. Was it McGrath or something like that? Yeah, McGrath. Shocking penalty. And Jim, Jim Goodwin after the game was like, oh, he's uh, uh, shows he's human. It was trash. I know. Um, so I, I don't know if he's been playing that well of late, but uh, that was certainly interesting. Uh, 
Hayes on the pace I've got. Johnny Hayes bursting through at the age of like 32, 33. Absolutely doing Sean Rooney. Uh, star fullback in the process and netting Aberdeen's first away victory in 2021 and since the 9th of December 2020. Pretty poor. Do you honestly think you're going to finish third this season? I think it's too far well, gone? Or? No, it's not because they're only four points behind Hibs. And I'm thinking to myself, Aberdeen have been trash for three months and they find themselves four points behind Hibernian? Yeah, sure. Shows how much the kind of rest of the kind of squad or the rest of the league, I should say, is, is doing not the well. The whole league is so static. Uh, Hibernian actually seemed to give Rangers quite a good go today. I've not seen the game or seen the highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it took Rangers a long time to break them down. And, you know, Nesbitt getting a, a kind of late goal to make things interesting. I think that's more of a fight than Aberdeen will put up to Rangers. Um so yeah, it's not over. I think if Aberdeen beat Hibernian, which essentially becomes a six-pointer, things get very interesting. And hopefully, you know, Stephen Glass arrives next week. Um, they do have a massive striker problem still, though. Like, Camberry has just done nothing since he's arrived there. Um, that's one thing I was going to say. I do feel that um, Shanklin's being shown up a little bit at Dundee United at the moment by the likes of Nicky Clark and Mark McNulty. Um, yeah, he's, he's been a fucking strange one. He's the hype up kind of around them is kind of begin to kind of fade a wee bit and yeah. more interest and, and focus has been placed on Kevin Nisbet instead as the next kind of talent I, I don't know maybe Shanklin's kind of just he's found his level I think I think he's a very good striker particularly mm. at Dundee United with those kind of two players around him but at the moment I can't see him taking another step up like I can't see him going back to Aberdeen for example I can't see him going to the English Championship to, to perform down there Mm-hmm. that's his level now um, I think Nisbet on the other hand might still have one or two steps to go yeah if, he, if he's given the right opportunity he's the only bub we're talking about essentially in terms of you know exciting Scottish strikers yeah uh, but it's obviously very difficult to keep these forms when you you go to different clubs isn't it uh, but he, we've kind of spoken about him as a saviour for Celtic maybe sometime down the line but you know we'll, we'll see Um Rangers might fancy it and snap it up because they'll just <laughs> crocodile anyone that looks halfway decent. Absolutely, yeah, they'll never get a game. That's, uh... mm, we shall wait and see. Um, I think they were all the fixtures. I couldn't tell because my sports seed recording cut off a little bit early because the match of the day was a wee bit later. Yeah, like oh, Prince Philip for you. <laughs> Did that push? Uh, maybe pushed match of the day back. Yeah, I've, I've given up on match of the day. Ruined everything. Like, I think it's it's understandable that uh, you know they want to play some portents and uh, I, I did think it was interesting that on the BBC website at one point uh, the death of DMX was their most read article <laughs> um, yeah. and I think that maybe speaks to society and culture currently because uh, you know to me he's always been an old man you know that's just our how our generations uh, kind of know him but um uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they get these uh, this old firm fixture sorted next week. Um, Premier Sport will be bailing because they've had so many things rescheduled recently. Uh, pretty much everything I watch is always rescheduled, be it hockey, NASCAR, football. Um, but Hibernian against Stranraer, I believe, is on the telly. That's on the BBC, um, as is another kind of really random game. I'm not too sure why they've picked it, but... 
is it like Clyde or something? They they pick the smaller teams because it's the the cool fairy tale angle oh, that the, they're going for. It's the hipster vibe. Is and then I think Aberdeen Livingston is the other Premier fixture, which could be a fairly dreek affair. But it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that one. If Livingston win that, they've had a really good season um, in terms of progressing bet well in both cups and uh, finishing top six in the league. Although they've kind of been trash recently. And I wonder if the Martindale effect is starting to kind of wane over there a wee bit. I think they're looking to just run out of steam a wee bit. Yeah. I'm quite glad at the end of the season they can look back at it and it's, it's a, a memorable season for their fans. But uh, next season's going to be interesting for them, I think. They have mm-hmm. to kind of keep a reasonable core of that squad together and improve it. Mm-hmm. And they've set the bar unbelievably high. So if you don't finish top six and get to at least a semi-final next season, it's, you know, it begins to kind of, the doubters start to kind of come back with the woodwork again. Mm-hmm. We shall see how it goes. All very exciting lots to play for in the coming weeks. Um, and we, as Sofa Manager, will be all over it. Um, as well as the as well as well the Euros as well, which is, might see uh, 12,000 people uh, into Hampton. Um, okay, I, I'm still no, I'm no, I'm not buzzing about it. It just doesn't feel real in a sense. No, I'm just it's disappointment that it's not <laughs> going to be full and there's not going to be a hundred thousand people down at Trafalgar Square. I'll be there, but you know, yeah. Oh, that's true, that's true. Um, that's my local area, uh, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be there. One man time. He'll be there, he'll be there. Well, let's hope we give you something to celebrate, but we'll obviously discuss that um, in a couple of weeks. But anyway. I suppose we should start to round things off then, shall we? Indeed. So it's a, a thank you for listening for myself. Was it Madman Menzies? No, or was it Mad, Mad Paul. From Madman Menzies? <laughs> uh, all the best, guys. Um, hopefully see you next week. <laughs> what do you mean, hopefully? Oh, that's grim. <laughs> we will see you. Uh, yes, we will see you next week. Uh, and have a good evening, a good afternoon, and a good morning. Goodbye. Bye.